Okay, let me just give it, share a couple testimonies with you. Um, one, I wanted to start with Inspire 100 because it kind of fits what we're doing, Michael, with this, this cool thing. So here's the beautiful part about Inspire 100 to me is, is taking care of people, families, single moms. Um, but then it's just a tangible way to show them that you love them. But more importantly, really, is to, to somehow build relationship with them so we can get into their life and teach them that they can do this for themselves. Like they don't, they don't have to be... Uh, we give that to them as a, as a nonprofit, but more importantly, wouldn't it be better for them to know how to do it themselves? That's, in my opinion, it's like, hey, let's teach them how that they can receive from the Father at any time. And so anyway, this single mom who we took care of her mortgage in the past, I'll, I'll read her testimony. This is a, a cool healing testimony now because we got to get into her life a little bit. So she, she was in her young, I'm not going to put too many details together so people don't know who it is, um, but had a stroke and couldn't go to work. So she's, so we paid, you guys paid for her mortgage. And she says, I'm overwhelmed and blessed beyond words. God certainly takes care of us in ways we least expect, in ways we could never imagine. I had some unexpected medical things come up. Yeah, like a stroke. Um, you couldn't work. I had some expected medical things come up. So when I got the phone call today and heard Mike say my mortgage was going to be taken care of, I was in shock and speech, speechless. As a single mom, this is such a huge relief. Not, not much brings tears to my eyes, but this certainly did. Thank you, Inspire 100. I feel very grateful and blessed. Now, what's cool is then we got to build a little relationship with her, and uh, her carotid artery was 90% closed, which is why she had a stroke, and she's young. And so I, I think we guys, I think we prayed over that, didn't we? Some of it was either here or, or on a Sunday night, whatever we prayed for. And we, basically, I just shot, shot her a short little thing, too. You're, I almost said her name. Um, Hi, so-and-so. Your artery will continue to open, heal, and divine speed. That's just, so then I got this a couple days ago. I just want to update you and let you know I got the results I've been waiting for. I saw my vascular surgeon today. I got my CT scan results back, 100% healed, six exclamation points. I can't even express my excitement. I see my neurologist next week. Then I'll be officially released. So happy. Thank for all you do. Your thoughts and prayers are appreciated. Isn't that cool? So that's what I like is like let's let's – Let's teach them how to live every area of their life, which is cool. Um, let's see. Here's, a, here's one. This, this is kind of fun from Jean and Jen in, out in South Carolina. I wanted to share a story from my best friend. She and her husband have been in major debt because of medical bills and because he has, they have bad thinking. <laughs> uh, I turned her on to Carolyn Leaf, and I've been sharing, sharing with her different stories that you've been talking about. I told her the story about the couple that... Uh, <clears throat> imagine the money in their bank account and they sat down and paid their bills and gave to the Inspire 100. She and her husband started doing that a week ago and they received a check in the mail from the hospital telling them they way overpaid and they gave them $32,000 back. Guess what? They're out of debt. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that cool? Uh, I got some other ones too. You want to hear some more? I just think they're fun. So um, that's part of that. This guy is from Brisbane, Australia. His first name looks like he's Indian just by the name. Amit, he's given me several, too long to read all of them. I'll just read one. Uh, my most recent testimony, I've been meditating and imagining that I get free stuff all the time. <laughs> uh, that's good. All things are possible, right? That's what I'm trying to get us to think is like, we got to just think way outside the box. Good things always happen to me. And he answers uh, and answers to any and all of my problems find me, so I'm instead of me spending time and energy trying to find the answers. I love that. These things find me. So anyway, I used to work for the Commonwealth Bank seven years ago. They contacted recently and advised that they still owed me some money, so I was excited. They advised that they owed me approximately $220. <clears throat> this, is, this amount is nothing to jump up, up and down about. Uh, but nonetheless, I was grateful and started thanking God uh, that some money is better than nothing. So about two months or so ago, I received the $220 as promised. However, this last week, I saw another credit in my account for $1,700 from Commonwealth Bank. I was amazed that this amount was never mentioned, and the paperwork totally took me by surprise. Good things definitely do happen and find me. I'm so thankful for your teachings and everything you share. Combine science and scripture. I'm also reading material from Joe Dispenza and the Mirror Bible as I have no problem believing that God is good and God, and we can value all people, Christians or non-Christians, and be open and teachable to learn from all. Thank you so much for being brave, going against the grain of typical Christianity and sharing what you do. Thanks. Amit. 
So there's more, but that's good enough for now. We'll save some for next week. Isn't that fun stuff? All right, so um, how to pray when things are difficult and impossible. We've all been there, haven't we? Here's the main thing, is I want you to understand. Let's just go to that first slide. The, the main thing I want you to understand is you're divine, you're noble, you're kings, you're a joint heir. You, you don't have to accept results, right? And, and really the whole definitions of faith, and, and I, I love faith, I just don't like how it was taught. Because faith is, is just beautiful. And when we understand that we can trust a love and unlimited power greater than ourselves and truly just trust it, that's the persuasion of our heart, which is faith, that what we do inside is more real than, than what we see outside, then you can't fail. In any, any situation, it's no longer impossibility. So let me just see what I wrote here. Realize you're divine, you're noble, you're a king. You're perfectly loved son and daughter of the Father. You're a joint heir of Christ, so you don't have to accept things as you are. So um, a lot of times we just, and that's what I've been sharing lately, it's just been very real to me, is you know when we went to uh, Nigeria for Bible school, just Bishop would always tell us, you've forgotten who you are. I'm like, that's right, we're sons of God. Jesus came to show us what life was look, what's supposed to look like. We're, if we're one with him, then we should have his life. Is that kind of common sense? That's not even a logic jump for anybody, is it? So, <clears throat> so there, there are no impossibilities with God. We all believe that, don't we? All things are possible to, to God, right? And then he says, uh, but all things are possible to him who believes. So what's the challenge? Is really our, how do we believe? How do we persuade? And belief and persuasion is an inner deal, isn't it? When you know in your knower that you're just confident of something, you know. It's just, you got it. You got it down here. And I think how faith was taught really robbed a lot of people of how simple it's supposed to be. Because, let me know if this, this sounds familiar to you guys. To build your faith, you got to get into the word more, fast more, pray more, stop doing something else more, Right? And I've seen people pray in tongues, read their Bible more, diligent Christians, uh, and nothing seems to work. Years and years and years of it. Because you can be reading the Bible more under total guilt and condemnation with no, no faith. You guys agree with that? So if you don't understand what Scripture is, or if I'm lacking something, then it must be because I'm not in the Word more, uh, you can read the word forever and not get it, in my opinion. I know they, they, they tell you that, Candace, said I've watched enough people to, to believe that. So I don't think it's that. <clears throat> and that's where the neuroscientists and the science and everything comes in. It's, it's really obvious. There's subconscious, our heart, what you want to call it, to the Hebrew, the heart was the, your inner man, the, the real you, not necessarily your thump, thump, thump heart, but the real you, the inner core of you, where God's, Jesus comes and he says, the kingdom's there, it's within. And so... Um, we're designed to naturally live by faith. But we've been taught so incorrectly for so long, I think it's because, I hated talking about it forever, didn't I? So I'm like, God, it's, it's so real, but, and it's so easy, but how people teach it, I just like, I don't even like to say the word because immediately people think, oh, I don't have enough. Just, just know this, is you've been given it. You've been given it. Now, most of you haven't been taught how to actually receive and, and how, it, how simple it is to receive and make the kingdom work for you, but that's what I'm trying to share with you, Okay. It has, just know this, it has to be simple enough for a child because Jesus said the children can enter, did he not? So if we're teaching stuff that requires long periods of sitting, that can't be it. That's just my opinion. And, I, and that's where, I, hey, I love all these neuroscientists and stuff, but come on, man. I'm not, unless Bear's playing PlayStation, I'm not going to get him to sit for an hour to pray and meditate right now, am I? Just no. It, no, they just naturally believe. They naturally have faith. They naturally have trust. And that's what we have to get back to. So anyway, um, <clears throat> so if there's no impossibilities with God, and then in the Old Covenant, I've been sharing some of those types and shadows where he says, uh, in God's presence, can anything negative really stand in God's presence if we've got it right? I, don't, I, I just think it'll be consumed by love. If we really are operating in love, it'll be consumed, in my opinion. He's the consuming fire that burns up all the wrong thinking. So, um, so he says, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to meet you between the cherubim. I'm going to preserve a way back into the garden. It's always between the cherubim and where God's presence is. You know, the pictures of the tabernacle of, uh, in the wilderness and then 
David's tabernacle is, is so profound to me because it was literally just, it's a type and shadow of us, obviously, that we're the tabernacle, but it was literally just a tent of skins, and then the Ark of the Covenant was there between the two cherubim, and that was God's presence. And they just believed when you're in God's presence, whatever you pray for happens. That'd be common sense, wouldn't it? If you're in God's presence, and you're there with him, and you pray, it's going to happen. That's what the Hebrews believed. That's obviously a type and shadow of what I was writing there. The tabernacle, that, so his presence, who he is, his unlimited love, his unlimited power, his unlimited forgiveness, his unlimited healing, his unlimited life, everything he is, is in a tabernacle of skin within us. We're the tabernacle. Does that make sense to you guys? So anything that, we're, anything that has to happen for, for an impossible situation, for prayer, whatever, I just wrote some, some notes that I think will lead us into this. So you guys have all heard this. Neither circumcision nor uncircumcision availeth anything. But what? Faith worketh by love. So what he's saying, he's going, listen, whether you're a Jew, whether you're a Gentile, whether you believe in circumcision, where you don't believe in circumcision, anything external from you doesn't matter, is what he's trying to say, right? Because the kingdom is where? Inside. So he's saying, hey, circumcision, note circumcision, availeth nothing, but faith worketh by love. So all creation, he's perfect love. So any idea we have of God that has anything other than perfect love, I think you got the wrong God and you're going to struggle with faith. Is that common sense too? We have to, any, any idea of God that, that isn't like, oh, he loves me passionately and perfectly, I can trust him, we've got the wrong God. We've got the wrong faith. We've got the wrong God, etc. It says faith. <clears throat> I don't remember if it's the word energy or dy- dynamic dunamis there. Either way, it's the power of God worketh by love. So if we're in perfect love and we can trust a love greater than ourselves, that's how faith works. It's really, and I'll just teach you, I think it's pretty simple as we go through this tonight. So, so he says faith works by love. And then he says, um, uh, He's talking to the Pharisees, and they're believing that uh, they're believing that the Messiah is going to come back and restore physical Israel, right? And so the, they're saying, "Hey, when are you going to restore? The, when's the Messiah going to come and restore the kingdom?" Not understanding, they're looking at him right there. And then he says this: He goes, "The the kingdom does not come by observation, meaning you can't see the kingdom, right? It doesn't. You can't see it because it's hidden. It's this mystery within." And he says, "The kingdom is where within." right? And then he says, if two or three are gathered in different places, it's in your midst. It's the same word. It's that inner part. And so I just want to share this with you is, uh, you know, different, one of my favorites that you guys know is he says, um, there's nothing outside of a man that defileth a man, but what's in a man defiles a man, right? So I'm trying, what I'm trying to get across here is that uh, if you're doing spiritual warfare against anything outside of working on your own heart, you're wasting your time because there's nothing outside of man. So this might shock a lot of you guys, but you don't have a devil. You don't have the Satan. You don't have all these things that you're battling, right? Because people, it's, people are notorious. Because all, are all those things outside of a man? Yeah, there's, so there's no power in that. There's, the only power they have is what we believe. So we believe they have power. Trust me, we saw it in Africa. Things happen. But you know what? As soon as they stop worrying about it and start giving any energy or power to that, it goes away. So wouldn't you rather just live without any of that? Just like, don't even, it's not even a conversation in our home. We don't ever have these weird things like, um, oh, this is a classic one in the charismatic world. As soon as you accept Christ, you've got a target on your back and the devil's going to be after you. Now they were totally happy and all excited until you just said that. And now they start looking for a demon behind every tree, worried about everything. And like, and guess what's going to happen? There's demons everywhere and just stuff. We were kind of laughing with Stephen and Susan the other night when we first got saved. We were, we were first, these people are like supposedly these charismatic warfare people and, and, uh, and they're sharing stuff and we got just freaked out. Now I look back and go, these people are absolutely certifiably nuts. It's, uh, they really are in my opinion. I'm like, there's, there's nothing outside of a man that defiles a man. The kingdom is within. So any challenge you have, guys, is not on anything external. Where is it? Right in here. That's good news to me. That's really good news. So uh, let's see what I wrote. Anything that puts 
that prays to a God outside of you. That's another one. There's a lot of people like, we're praying to God, getting God to move. Isn't that classic? And where is God? Inside. And so the Sunday night, this was a teaching moment because this, this girl, and she's sweet, but it was a teaching moment. She was like, Mike, can you pray for God to open a door for this? And I was like, time out. That's an external God trying to do something for you or to you, isn't it? So to open a door, does Jesus say this? Does he say, and if you read it in the Young's Little Translation, it's really cool. He says, I've given who the keys to the kingdom? I've given you, all of us, keys to the kingdom, isn't it? Doesn't he say that? So I said, if, if, if somebody's going to open the door, who's it going to be? You. Now, God's with you. You're one with him. So you have the power of God. And I'll show you this about being a son in the Hebrew. So anyway, I was like, you know what? You have, and here's what it says. And I, I know the church has reduced it to church authority. Like somehow, you know, they, with Peter on down, and it's going to be the council that uh, it's, they have the keys to bind and loose. And then all the people, we're just, we just got to agree with whatever. Uh, even all the grace faith guys, I don't know, they took Brown's commentary or something. I go, that's a terrible interpretation of that. Just going, so you got to trust me to open a door for you? You're in trouble, guys. So actually not, because we actually know how to do this. But it, in general, it's not the church authority, whatever. Who's the church? You guys. So if you read it in literal translation, he says, I've given you the keys to the kingdom. And whatever is bound on earth will having been bound in heaven. And it says, whatever is loosed or allowable on earth will having been loosed in heaven. So where's heaven? To a Jew. Within. It's the spiritual part of you. We're, 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 we can't see him, but where heaven meets earth, physical part is within us. It's in the tabernacle. It was in the holiest of holies. Well, guess what? where that is with you and I, between the cherubim, right? We're the temple. So here's what he's saying. It literally is like, I've given you the keys to the kingdom. Wouldn't that be a good thing to do? That would be a good thing to know, right? So we can permit things or not permit things here based on what you do within. That's really all it's saying. So here's how it's going to be. If you don't want something to happen in your life, don't permit it anymore. And just go, you know what? I have the keys of the kingdom, so I'm going to see how I want my life to look like in the heavenly place. So whatever I do in the heavens is what's going to be, start happening on earth. That's really what that whole thing's talking about. Isn't that cool? He's like, I've given you the keys to the kingdom. Isn't that nice? So we don't have to run around waiting for God to open a door. You open the door, you shut the door, whatever you want to do. Wouldn't that what Jesus do? And if we're one with him, then that's what we should do, is it not? Anyway, is this making sense to you? So I wrote, divinity is within, so when you have, are in a difficult or impossible situation, your freedom comes with, from within. And, uh, uh, oh, by the way, Brad Jerzak says hi, too. Eden just had surgery, and she's doing great, so they're, they're, we were trying to figure out a time. They're probably going to come in January sometime. So, so how does this actually work? I'll just summarize it, and we'll go through some of the scriptures. I've set before you life and death, so do what? Choose life. What if it was as easy as choosing what we want and choosing what we don't want? Wouldn't there be a better way to live? That you can actually design your life? That's what he's telling us. And so, if that's the choice, then when we pray, believe we have received it, then we have it. It's the same tenses in, in, uh, in, in Greek. So how does this work? So you see your life how you want it to be. This, this couple, a day or so ago, they were like, I was referred to you, help, please pray. Like, can you give me a little bit more? Um, what do you want? <laughs> so I wrote, what do you want? What do you want the end result to be? So then I can help you. So then they started trying to go, so, so what do you want life to look like? So if there's an impossible situation, a thing that just is, you don't like in your life right now, you can decide, how do I want it to be? How do you want your life to be? Design it. Isn't that cool? Then... That's the cherubim part. That's, that's the divine imagination. Then the heart is, if that was true, if exactly, because Scripture says, ask, I shall receive, so the bride of Christ can be totally full of joy. If I have received it, and that's real, how would it make me feel? Those are the two parts, the head and the heart, right, that are in cohesion. So know, when you know you're not trying to create anything, you're not trying to do anything, it is literally, that's the divinity within you, the kingdom's within if you hold that in your mind and feel as if it's already done, that is God himself going to work, bringing it from the unseen to the seen. It can't fail. That's true prayer. 
It's not supernatural faith. It's really believing that divinity is within, and this is how I release it. When you persuade yourself of that, life starts to get fun. That's why we'll start doing the China prayer thing. Amen? We're already assembling it just with people that already get this. And so if you want to be a part of that, just reach out to me at the info at Freedom Ministries. So we'll just, it's not going to be like, oh, brother, please pray, and we've got to do a 24-hour prayer chain. It's just going to be a group of us that get together and go, this is how it's going to be, and we're going to help them do it. It, does, it can be financial. It can be spiritual. It can be anything. That would be fun. Truly give people answers is what I think they're after. So anyway, if you're a joint heir of Jesus Christ, um, Jesus came to reveal sonship, not this master-servant thing. we got to get this idea out of our mind that God's God outside of us, and we better be obedient. Master-servant relationship. Don't we? A lot of us grew up with that. Really weird father. Dysfunctional father. Some of us grew up with fathers like that, but it's dysfunctional. It screws up the kids. When he says that uh, up until now, John 16, 24 is a classic example. Up until now, you haven't asked anything in my name. We've covered that, what that name is. What is that? Surname, right? So it's not, uh, like when we were in Bible school, it was reduced to this. It was, it was ridiculous, actually. So when you, you end all your prayers in Jesus' name. Now, when I end my prayer in Jesus' name, part of it's habit, to be honest with you, because you guys would get upset if I don't. And, uh, but what I'm really reminding myself is, oh, yeah, I'm a son. I'm a family member. So my kid's name, their, their surname is what? Popovich. Like yours is Wyatt, right? So anything the Wyatt family has, your daughter has. Just did they have to earn it? No, just being part of the family. They're named in your family, right? Unless you got a jerk dad again and it writes you out of your will. But uh, that's not how our father is. So sonship, so here's what he says. He says, up until now, you haven't asked anything in my name. Why didn't they ask anything in his name up until then? <laughs> they didn't know they were sons, right? They, they killed Jesus for saying he was a son. If you read John 10, 34, Jesus says, what good work did you, were you stoning me for? They said, we're not stoning you for any good work. Because he's going, listen, I'm raising the dead. I'm healing the sick. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm feeding people. You know, the woman bowed down for 18 years. All of a sudden, she's healed. And she's like, what's, what's wrong with this? If you don't believe me, at least believe the works, right? Because no man can do this. This has to be an act of God. And they says, we're not stoning you for, for any of the good works, but you calling yourself a son, make yourself equal to the father, to God. They didn't call him the father because they're like, that's blasphemy. How could he be your father? Isn't this, uh, isn't this Joseph and Mary's son? That's what they're saying, Right? So I remember Pastor Winston used to say that. It's like, he was just down fixing my toilet because he was a carpenter. And isn't that the guy who just fixed my toilet? Now he's healing the sick. And that should be us, right? And so sonship was a big deal. So I, I just read this about a son. So when Jesus says, up until now, you haven't asked anything of the father. Now you won't have to be, have an intermediary. You won't have to go through me, relying on me for anything. But he says, you can pray to the Father yourself, ask, you shall receive, so your joy may be full. There's no ifs in there. Isn't that amazing? So I, just, I was just reading, I was telling Barbara, I was reading a little bit from a Jewish perspective what sonship means. So you guys have heard of bar mitzvahs, right? That's when they, they're recognized as a son. And so I just want to read some of this. This came out of uh, some Jewish commentary. It says, what is a son in general? When a child was declared to be a man's son, he was from that point on considered to be co-equal in all business matters with the father. That's pretty cool, isn't it? So this was not bestowed in childhood, but when the father either considered his son old enough to take over family affairs or himself too old to handle them himself any longer. I thought this next line is really fascinating. Come from Jewish perspective. From the time, from the time a child was declared a son, <clears throat> he was from that time forth to be considered as the very image of the father. Isn't that interesting that we were created in his image? So here's what that looks like to me. Is, uh, so I'm, I'm bar mitzvahed in my family, let's say. And I'm going to come to you, Michael, and do business. Who do you see me as? Oh, that's Popovich's dad. So when you come, when you pray, who's really praying? God the Father. 
you're co-equal with him. Isn't that interesting? From the time they're declared as a son, Jesus says, listen, he's your father. So if he's your father, then what make, that makes you? Son or daughter. I'm not, it's not gender specific. So from a time, of, time, time a child was declared a son, he was from that time forth to be considered as the very image of the father. Isn't that cool? In other words, if he made a business deal, so think about this. I think most people, this was a good visual for me when I was trying to get this deep in here. So a lot of times when I'm praying for people that are sick or playing for their situation, I go, hey, if Jesus himself all of a sudden appeared right now and said, you don't have to worry about this anymore. I've got it. How would that make you feel? You'd be ecstatic, wouldn't you? Like Jesus showed up because that's what Christians are looking for. And he's like, no, he doesn't come with observation. He's in here. If you're going to see him, it's going to be, you're going to see him in the spirit. You guys okay with that? Because it doesn't come with observation. So anyway, you got to get, get this. Is so when we pray, are we sons? It's if Jesus himself is praying, that should increase your, your belief level in your prayer. Like, holy smokes, I'm a king, I'm noble, I don't have to accept this. I'm praying, so that means Jesus and the Father are praying. And I'm pretty sure when Jesus and the Father are praying, stuff happens, does it not? So it's going to happen for me from this point on. That's how you live. Isn't that cool? I think it's better. Better way to pray than, please pray for me, Father, brother, whatever. I can't even do the Christianese good anymore because I'm just like, <laughs> I stay away from it. So it's just, ugh, gives me the willies. So it really does. Please don't put fish on your car because um, it doesn't come with observation. <laughs> it should be a shock. You're going to know them by their... That's the most fun thing to me. So when we do uh, Father O'Furry's night, that'll be a blast. They'll be like, wait. <laughs> guys, you guys are a church group? Yeah, man, it's a fun one, isn't it? So uh, don't you think that's where he'd be? I just think that's where he'd be. So if he made a business deal, you could consider the deal as if the Father himself made it. So when you pray for the sick as if the Father himself is praying, that should give you persuasion that when you pray, things happen, right? <clears throat> if the Father... Uh, he was a son and thus the official representative of the Father. Isn't that what Jesus says? He says, I've given you, uh, I've reconciled everybody and I've given you as ambassadors of Christ to go share the ministry of reconciliation. You are ambassadors. You're going in as, as if it's him. <clears throat> not, this, not a decision could we make, which, didn't, which meant that the Father was, not a decision could he make, let's talk about the son, which did not mean that his Father was also bound to it. That's another one that's so good. So when you pray, even if, if our faith wavers, whose faith cannot waver? His. He remains faithful. <clears throat> now, he now was the Father's representative and was authorized to speak for his Father in all things. Therefore, it was unnecessary to hear the Son's and the Father's opinions on a matter. If the Son made the decision, then that's the way it was. Doesn't that sound a lot like I've given you the keys? Whatever you bind is whatever's going to be bound. Whatever you loose is what's going to be loosed. I've given you the ability to choose life, so choose correctly. Choose life any, in any situation. <clears throat> if the son made the decision, then that was the way it was. Consulting the father was no longer necessary. That's you and I, guys. That's sonship to a Jew. Isn't that amazing? That should just make us pause a little bit, too, and go, again, to evil to a Jew was not something outside. It's not the devil after you. It's not demons have any power, whatever. It was life backwards is what they said. Using the ability of God backwards, the twisted serpentine mind. There's only one power, one spirit is what Paul says, and it's within. It's how we use that is why you see all the evil in the world. That might be tough for you guys, but that's truth. That's really truth. The, the Bible writers personified things, but there's nothing outside that you have to worry about. You don't have to worry about a devil. You don't have to worry about a demon. If you must believe that they're real, please at least believe you're so far above them in, in heavenly places. Seated at the right hand of the Father, they're a non-issue to you. Is that fair? I just... If you waste any more seconds battling spiritual warfare that way versus battling what you believe, if you're going to use willpower in any way, if you're going to spend time doing anything, spend it on holding your mind to believe the right thing about yourself. As Jesus is, so am I. Does that help you? Okay, there's no battle outside of you that you have to win. So Brad George, I can never talk about that. So when people say, I'm battling the demons within, now they've got it right. But it's not an entity that possessed you or anything like that. It's just wrong belief system. That the second definition of spirit is something we believe that animates. So whatever you believe animates. We were talking about this the other day. It's like, why do mantles and stuff work? Because we were, they were taught to work. We had to, like, hey, I don't know how this works. We would tell them, but just put this mantle and your things are going to be taken care of. We had so many testimonies of that. Did it have anything to do with the mantle? 
No, it's their persuasion of the mantle. Isn't it? Maybe we should do that again. Just go here, take this stupid handkerchief. It'll work. And we had so many testimonies. It was unreal just because people believed it. And interesting. So it wasn't the handkerchief. It was the belief that was instilled in them. Right? Okay. So you guys good so far? All right, let's go to this next slide. I'll, I'll hurry up now. I just wanted to get this. So I was thinking about all the Old Testament um, uh, types and shadows talking about really you and I, where God's presence is. And you got to admit, guys, God's presence, if we read all the Old Testament, New Testament, it's pretty cool. Like he was like, hey, uh, negative situations melt like wax in his presence. Isn't that fun? That sounds like answered prayer to me. So anyway, I was just looking at uh, the whole story about Adam and Eve being chased out of the garden, whatever. First of all, remember, it's a type and shadow. The real thing is Jesus came to reveal the Father. Would the Father ever chase you out of a garden for doing something bad? He can't because you're one with him, right? And he's in and through and holds all things together by him. And if there's not anything created that's not created, that's not within him, then he, he can't do it. But, so this is the narrative. So God, Genesis 3.24, it says, he guarded the way, and this is kind of how we were taught. He guarded the way back into the garden so you can't get back in. But it's also the word for preserved. I believe, I take it more like that. So he says, he tells us God preserved the way to the, <clears throat> to the Garden of Eden between the cherubim and the flaming sword that turns within itself. It was the mercy seat. There's a picture of the mercy seat. Which you and I know now, between the cherubim and the mercy seat is where? Our, our divinity, our hearts and minds, right? He goes, hey, by the way, all these types and shadows, it's a picture of you. So where, <clears throat> then I looked up Garden of Eden. So Eden literally means Luxury, dainty, delight. Doesn't that sound like a good life? Sounds pretty cool, doesn't it? Sounds like breakfast in bed at the Broadmoor with my girlfriend. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Father. Yes. That's the back. The, so the way back into life and luxury and being treated and spoiled like the bride that we are is where? Between the cherubim. It's in, it's, get it? Now, I looked up Eden. Eden Going from right to left in Hebrew is pretty cool. It's ayin delet nun. And so ayin is what you can see, a revelation. Delet is the door or pathway, and nun is life. So this is pretty interesting to me. So what you see in your mind's eye, not physical eyes, because the kingdom is not, doesn't come with observation. So he's talking about some other eye. What eye is he talking about? The mind's eye is what he says. The inner man, right? What you see within. So what you see within is the doorway or pathway to a luxurious life. So if we can choose luxury versus poverty, which one should we probably choose? I think luxury. Now I'm getting hammered by it. It's really fascinating. Because I was sharing with people like, God wants us to give us the desires of our heart because he, he passionately loves us as a bride. And the religious people just come unglued by that stuff. They just hate it. Like, we're here to serve him. I'm like, no, no, we just, we just bought Christmas presents for our kids and not one conversation did we have. It's like, what do you think we should get them so that they serve us better? That's dysfunctional again. And if we understand that as a, a human parent, how much more was Paul's arguments? I was sharing with some people on, online this week, Paul's alls and Paul's much mores. I should probably just do a service on that because Paul's alls, he doesn't leave any gray area. It's really cool. And his much more is he always has this argument going, hey, if you thought the, the Old Testament was good, how much more is the new one, right? So anyway, isn't that cool? So what you see in your mind's eye is the door or pathway to a luxurious life. It's, and it's between the cherubim. I just think that's so cool to me. And then uh, David's tabernacle, the same thing. You enter its gates with thanksgiving and its courts with praise. Well, thanksgiving and praise has this idea that my prayer, and this is what they believed, in God's presence, my prayers are answered. So if you want prayers was answered to a luxurious life, where do we need to go? Calm this thing down and think and believe the right thing. That's where his presence is. That's where his love is. That's where his unconditional power is. That's where everything that's given to you for life and godliness is already available, and we can use it right now. Isn't that good news? That's great news to me. All right, so this next slide real quick. All right, so all of us have come into circumstances where, like, what do we do? Have we not? Now, what I don't want you to do is feel any guilt, any shame, any condemnation for decisions you've made, because the church is really good at that, isn't it? Not? Gosh, 
Wow. If you would have heard him correctly, you wouldn't be in this position. <laughs> Come here a little closer. Let me slap you. You know, like, <laughs> no joke, right? <laughs> so, oh, I just, I can't stand that kind of stuff. And then they're like, uh, you just, you're not being obedient. You're not doing this. Blah. Uh, the, and they're thinking that we're saying that we just want people to run off and do crazy things and live a life of sin. Like, it is the exact opposite of that. The goodness of God leads to the change, of, the radical change of mind, doesn't it? Because all of us have come into situations where we didn't pray, we didn't do it, Jack. We did everything wrong, and God somehow still see, saw us through, didn't it? It's his goodness. Now, if we, if we can open that or shut that door at any time, that's even better to me, in my opinions, because then it's like, hey, we're sons, so we have the same ability, the same authority. If we make the decision, it's as good as God's making the decision, okay? So when we come across that, that's the first thing. That's why I love Joe Dispenza's, uh, when he asked his daughter, did you feel guilty about that? And he says, never feel guilty for things you've done, good or bad. That is so huge for us. That is so f- huge. And so I want you to get that. There's, there's no judgment in Christ Jesus. You know, it's Romans 7 where Apostle Paul is going, you know what? I was once alive without the law, but what I thought was going to bring me life following the Ten Commandments actually brought what? Death. And he says, I didn't lust until somebody said, don't lust. Now I'm chasing everybody around. If you read it, and he wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, he's like, I'm lusting for everybody now. I've got lust for everything and everybody. Who will save me from this wretched man that I am? That's the end of Romans 7. Then Romans 8, 1, he's like, now thank God there's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. Are you guys in Christ Jesus? Then there's no judgment. He's not a jerk high priest is what Hebrews says. He's not a jerk that doesn't know how he feels. He entered into our lowest depths and proved that there can be healing there for you. So there's no guilt, there's no condemnation, guys. So do we believe that all things are possible to God? And do we believe we're one with him? So how many things are possible to us? All. If God's power shows up, is there anything that will, that will stand in his way? No. And where does his power show up? He tells us between the cherubim, this is where I'm going to meet with you. This is where I am. This mystery that's been hidden for ages but is now revealed is what? The anointing's in you. So anything that's attracted to God, the anointing of God, is guess where it's in you? It's in you. Isn't that fun? That's fun. So anyway, the kingdom and the unlimited love are, are, and the power of God are within. So here's what helps me. I'm like, you know what? It feels so good that I can trust in an unlimited love and power greater than me. It's not my ability to fast. It's not my ability to pray. It's not, it's not even my faith meter Like I'm building my faith. It's really, we've been given a measure. We already have it. We just need to know how to do it. And so it says, you know what? The power of God's within you. So it really becomes this simple. If you're in an impossible situation, whether it's financial, whether it's um, Health-wise, you know, some of these things that we're under. That's why I'm so excited to do this with you guys, is just to teach you correctly how to do it. He says, I've given you the keys. Whatever you do in the heavens, which is the spiritual part of you, is what's going to happen in the earth, which is the physical part. We've all, a million times I've told you, thoughts become things. If you think about something long enough, it manifests into the physical, right? The, the, The other quantum guys, science talks about that. Everything physical corresponds to the corresponding matrix. That's where the movie The Matrix came from. It's actually real. It's actually a, f- a fun movie, actually, when you kind of understand it. <clears throat> where it's, if the physical, are, so all of our physical problems, the, the root and source of it has to be spiritual. It has to be something we believe here, right? You guys with me so far? So, so if we get to choose, then wouldn't it be better if, let's just say it's a health situation, it's not like this, like, oh, Lord, please pray for me where we're bagging God to do something to us. He does it through us. It's, it's within us. The anointing's within. So it really comes down to this, guys. If, you're, if you have health issues, how would you like it to be? What do you want? That's what he's trying to say. Up until now, you haven't asked anything, but now you can go straight to the Father, ask, and you will receive. So you can be joyful. So if I already know I've received it, then how much joy do I have? A lot. <laughs> or I should. So I shouldn't have this mopey, um, I've prayed and it's not working. No, stop that. It's real. What you do within here it has to happen in the physical. So stop looking around. It doesn't come by observation. It'll show up like a seed has the power in itself. 
First the blade, then the ear, then the full corn. But it will come, is what he said. Isn't that fun? All right, so is this helping you guys? It's as simple as this, honestly. He's like, the, what you see in your mind's eye is the pathway that leads to luxurious life. That's the Garden of Eden. I've preserved a way to the Garden of Eden, and it's between the cherubim. It's in my presence. It's between the tabernacle. That's where I live. And guess what? I live in you. That's what all Scripture is trying to say. You're God's greatest creation. So how do you want it to be? If it's financial, if we can choose luxury or if we can use poverty, let's start thinking, you know what, Lord? Every need is met. I live in this ultra abundance where, like Paul talks about in 2 Corinthians 9, I'm the same God. If I see God as I only have enough to meet my needs, that's God, right? He says, but you can also see, it in, see me in a different way. That I'm, I'm the same God that provided bread through the eater, through somebody who gets it, that he goes, not only do I have seed for myself, I have enough for everybody else. That's the same God is what he's saying in 2 Corinthians 9. So choose that one. Isn't that a better one? Hey, not only can I give to every good work, I'll also have enough for myself. Or you can just go, God provides for me and I don't give. Same God. That's what he's saying there, isn't it? So it's how we view him and what we believe in here is life. So we need to start going, you know what? Uh, and and I'm, not a, I'm not a weird word of faith guy that's like... Um, if, you're, if, if your body's falling off and parts of it are, if stuff's serious, please go to the doctor. That's not what I'm saying because people are like, are you anti-doctor? No, it's just I don't have to go because I'm not sick. You guys, if I'm sick, then I'll go. I'm not scared of it. Does that make sense? So I'm not like, just to deny it. That's where it, kind of word of faith. Like, no, it's not. It's, no, it's like they're dying right now. Let them, <laughs> let them go to the doctor because I believe, I totally believe in medicine if it makes them feel better and calms them down a little bit because it's a lot easier to feel good and believe, isn't it? Because I know a lot of people are like, the pain is so excruciating. I get it, but it really is true. What, what you hold in your mind's eye is what's going to happen. If you can hold it in your mind's eye, you will be whole. He's life and he can be nothing else. So between the cherubim, if you hold in your mind's eye life, you will receive life. That is not a shadow of a doubt to me. It has nothing to do with my chili cheese dog. It has nothing to do with Whole Foods. I'm pretty confident I'm healthier than everybody I see in there. They look dead, most of them. They do. My kids go, it stinks in here. I go, totally. Like, it's like, what is wrong with this? Like, make something that smells good. So, see, I go into James and Rhonda's place, and it smells good. It smells delicious. French fries, wings, and adult soda pops. It's just like glorious, isn't it? <laughs> that's my kind of deal. So anyway, that's truth. So from this day forward, how do you want life to be? Start holding that in your mind's eye. Start holding that in your mind's eye. Wait a minute. What I see within is the doorway to life. If your eye be single, your whole body will be full of life, is what it says. So if your eye be single, he's not talking about these, right? He's not talking about physical eyes. The single eye is the eye within, is what he's trying to say. If your eye be single, your whole body will be full of life. But if all you see is darkness, how dark is that darkness, is what, what Scripture talks about. So if, you're, if in your mind's eye, all you see is negative, the devil's after you, I got diagnosed with this, the, my job's this, the economy's this, then how dark is that darkness? It's real to you, isn't it? But if all you see is this abundance, this loving God that, thank you, Father, from this day forward, I'm going to trust in the unlimited riches flowing into my life, emotionally, physically, financially, everything in my life works. Thank you, Father, like admit. I get free stuff all the time. That's a great one. Because as a son, it's free, isn't it? Slaves work for stuff. What do sons do? Oh, thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. We inherit, right? Isn't that fun? In fact, Jean and Jen, they were sharing with me because she works for USAA, she was saying, uh, this is just kind of a fun one she sent me. Um, they select a couple or a person every year to go to the Army-Navy game. In my household, that was a big deal because my oldest brother graduated from West Point. So I grew up watching the Army-Navy games always. And uh, she was just like, you know what, Father? That would be cool if I got selected. Now, USA is a big company, isn't it? She goes, so guess what? Of course, we got selected. I'm like, hallelujah, man. That's just fun stuff, isn't it? She didn't write, and we wanted to invite you and Barb to come with us. So she didn't put that. So you only heard him sort of write. <laughs> but you know, if I was real, I'd go, no, you know, Lord, I want to go. I don't really want to go. I do want to go to Jackson Hole with you. I'm taking my hot date on date to Jackson Hole. Ah, all right. So how do you want life to be? 
And then it's simply this. Is that God's presence? That's seen between the cherubim face to face. So it's not like, oh, Lord, please do this. Whatever you hold in your mind, you are face to face between the cherubim with the Father. So he takes what you're doing there and immediately starts to bring it from the unseen to the seen. Does that help you? Now, if, if he's answered your prayer before you've even asked, how would it feel if what you're seeing in there was true in your life? Feel pretty good, wouldn't it? And that's where Joe Dispenza always talks about all the neuroscientists. Guys, they can, they can do this over and over and over and over. I'm just trying to show you how real it is with Scripture so you don't, you're not scared of this stuff. They're getting better results than Christians. And I'm tired of it. I was like, no, no, we've got everything. We've got the relationship with the Father. We understand love. We got it all. And it's, they're saying the same thing. So he says, have a clear desire of what you want in prayer with an elevated emotion as if you already received it. So the elevated emotions, guys, that, that create are things like love. I would feel grateful. Enter God's presence with gratefulness is what King David says, right? That was the tabernacle of David. You don't have to slay a lamb and feel all dirty and not worthy to receive. That's nonsense. He goes, I've, I've created a new and living way. You come excited and joyful and grateful because in my presence, your prayers are answered. Isn't that good? Come boldly to the throne and stuff's gonna happen is what he says. A new and living way. So anyway, <clears throat> so it's like, I feel abundant. I would feel successful. I, I don't really care what it is. All of you have different reasons. Lord, I would love this to happen in my life. And this is how it would make me feel. So you practice that feeling and hold that in your mind's eye and it cannot fail. Is that good prayer? Ignoring what you see in the physical senses. That's the tough part, right? When stuff's happening, there's an impossible situation. That's why I love Paul and Silas in jail. They're in jail. That's kind of negative situation, isn't it? Now, typical Christianity would go, well, Paul and Silas, you didn't pray long enough. You obviously didn't hear God. Yeah, come here. I'm going to kick this right in your rear end a minute. You know, like, that's how I want to do it. <laughs> like, I get it. I, I get it. I, yes, I'm the problem. I'm, I'm the, aren't we the problem in this whole thing? It's not God. <laughs> so thanks for telling me what I already know. Like a master of the obvious, right? What we should be saying is going, no problem. God even mistakes your, uses your mistakes and prospers them. Isn't that a better message? So change what you're focused on and your life will change correspondingly. That's prayer. It cannot fail. Isn't that cool? So when we come up in the, and it, this is why I want to put this prayer group together because you guys are being taught correctly and we're getting results like crazy right now. So why not you? I'm telling you, if you do what I'm just showing you and believe what you, what you hold in your mind's eye as real, it'll come to pass in your life. And then know this, it's not trying to have enough faith where I have to have a faith meter and if, you know, it's the reason it's not happening is because you don't have enough faith, etc. Here's what he says. The kingdom is like the seed. So what you hold in your heart and mind, just know that it's real. And it's not you trying to bring it to pass. It's not your power. It's not your might. It's not you trying to have enough faith. It's literally you rolling it over to the unlimited love and power of God within. That's already promised he's going to take what you do there and bring it to pass. As real. That's all it is. Thank you, Father, that what I'm holding in my mind, I can trust in an unlimited love and power greater than myself to bring it to pass. It's really just this persuasion that he's loved you. And whatever you hold there will happen in your life so that your joy may be full. Does that help? Yes, Telling you if you start doing it, life gets fun. You're going to start sending me lots of testimonies. So Romans 4.17, I love this translation. God calls things that are not seen as though they were. You guys have all heard this a zillion times, but I love this one. God calls things that are not seen. Are they real though? They are real. He says, whatever you do between there is answered prayer. So God calls the things that are not seen as though they were because the kingdom's not seen. And the unseen becomes seen. I love that definition right there. So how do we make the unseen? You can move in and out of any situation by changing what you focus on. God's not judging you. He's not going, yeah, if you would have made this decision, this is why this is happening in your life. The reason that's happening in your life is because we're not taking control of what he's already given us, that we can choose life. Just go, this is not the way it's going to be anymore because what I hold in my mind's eye will come to pass. It's the doorway to life. Isn't that cool? We all know that. We, we see people, parents, you do it. Whatever you set your mind to, kids, you can do. But then you come to church, no, you got to get into the word more, pray more, fast more, do all this more. And the kid's just like, I'm out, right? Uh, that's why I love the, the U.S. Open tennis winner. She's like, I knew my, my, my imagination creates reality. I pictured that check and what it would feel like to win the U.S. Open every day, knowing that what I imagine becomes my reality. Like, yes, that's it. She won the U.S. Open. That's pretty good, isn't it? She didn't even go shabba dabba dabba once. 
But she won the U.S. Open. You want to shop it up and not win it, or do you want to win it? I want to win it. Now, if you want to shop it up and that'll just be a secondary thing that you get to do it and still win it. I'm telling you, this is it. Amen? This is it. I'm telling you. I don't think Einstein was doing that tongue deal. I don't think he was. In fact, I can't find many major breakthroughs in life except for ministries that have any kind of success that people do that. Can you? Can you think of any? I can't, honestly. I was thinking about it. It's like Trump, uh, Einstein. Uh, no, they don't do it. Uh, Steve Jobs doesn't do it. Bill Gates didn't do it. Uh, all these guys. No, they don't do it. What do they do? They do this. Now, hopefully that's not offensive because I, I, it's like there's something greater than all of the gifts. It's his presence within its love. And we can trust that on them, beloved, to bring it to pass. Amen? And a kid can do it. Praise God. Or you can get to your feet. Does that help? Oh, thank you, Father. This stuff excites me, actually. (laughs) When you do that, when you meet him face to face, what you hold in your mind's eye, that's his presence. That's where his unlimited power, his unlimited love, everything he is, all these concepts you had about God, the anointing of God, the, the supernatural favor of God, just focus within. And what you hold within, he immediately starts to bring it to pass himself. It's God himself bringing it to pass on your behalf because you're one. He doesn't do it to you. He does it through you. So if we want anything to change in our life, I don't care how impossible it is, this is where I want us to start getting excited. That's why I showed the fire pictures and everything last week. That's kind of impossible, right? When the fires are burling down, like, Ron Marth, what was your old street again? What was that? Van Van Reen? Good Dutchman. Um, To go, I don't know how it works, but it's not going to touch your house. And then you look at a fire map and it just goes around it. That's pretty cool to me, isn't it? That's an impossible situation that is not impossible because all things are possible. So I don't care what your situation is. Let's get our focus off it and you'll radically see how fast it changes. Amen? So Father, we love you. We praise you. We just thank you that you've given us nobility. You've given us kingship. You've given us the ability to be sons and daughters that we're joint heirs of Jesus Christ that all things that pertain to life and godliness have been freely given to us. We inherited it. We've just been taught incorrectly like who we are and our true identity and how this whole kingdom works. It's within. And there's no impossible situation to anyone here. So Father, we thank you that whatever they're going through, they can immediately from this day forward start with their mind's eye to see it differently and what they hold in their, their mind and have that feeling as if it's already done, it immediately starts to come from the unseen to the seen so that their joy may be full. That's prayer, and it, can't, and it never fails because love never fails. So we just thank you for that in Jesus' magnificent name. Amen, amen, amen. If you need prayer, come on up. Oh, yeah, if you want to give. <laughs> oh, did we share what we're going to do in Inspire? We forgot. Hey, something cool. Uh, if you want to give, you can give here or online. Something really cool in December, guys, where uh, Michael and I are working. The single mom, we're giving her a brand new, it's not brand new, but it'll be brand new to her, a little SUV that's perfect. So we'll have a big bow on it right before Christmas, and that'll be fun. So that's coming up for Inspire 100 in December. Amen? So, Father, we just thank you that as we give, you make all grace abound to us, and we have more than enough for us and to give to every good work we're talking about. That's how you designed life, and we just enjoy living in it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.